Good morning, River Rock Bible Church. I hope you are as excited to be here this morning as I am. We are in week two of a four-part series where we're looking at who are we as a church? What is the vision that God has for River Rock Bible Church? And so we began last week by looking at a we statement as to who we are as a church. And we said at River Rock Bible Church, we are faith-filled, big thinking, bet the farm risk takers. We will never insult God with small thinking or safe living. This morning we're going to look at our second we statement of who it is God has called us to be as a church. And I want us to begin by jumping in in John chapter 4 beginning in verse 31. Now, this morning's passage, John chapter 4, give you a little bit of background. Jesus has been traveling with his disciples. They get to a town in Samaria, and he sits down at a well. And a woman comes to this well, and Jesus ministers to her while his disciples are in town looking for food. They're looking for shelter. They're looking for a place where they can rest. Jesus is out doing ministry. And the disciples come back and they see that Jesus is pouring his life into this woman, that he's ministering to her. And they say, look, we've traveled a long way. You haven't had anything to eat. You haven't had anything all day. And here's what they say. In the meantime, the disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something. Say that with me. Eat something, right? I don't know about you, but no one has ever had to encourage me to eat something. In fact, in my life, it's probably been the opposite. Like, hey, four slices of chocolate cake is a little too much. Maybe you should stop. But they say, Rabbi, eat something. And he goes on. And as they, Jesus says this. The disciples, uh, Jesus said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? They're looking around at each other like, Peter, did, did someone maybe bring him a happy meal? Okay, Jesus probably wouldn't eat a happy meal. He would have gone to Chick-fil-A. Uh, but, or, or maybe he's a healthy guy, and so he's got a green smoothie or Smoothie King. And they're looking around like, did someone bring him something else to eat? How did he get food? He's been here all day. We went into town, and we've barely come back with food. How did he get something to eat? And Jesus says this in verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to do what? Say that with me, church. And to finish his work. Jesus is saying, look, I have food that you don't know about and that food is not physical food. My food is something else. My food is different than what you think. When everyone else says, fill me, fill me, fill me, my food, what nourishes me is to pour my life into someone else. That fills me up. To do the will and the work of God is what fills me up. It's interesting that the disciples were so concerned with consuming, yet Jesus is concerned with contributing. The disciples were concerned with what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? And Jesus is concerned with contributing, pouring his life into someone else. And to be honest, this goes against all of our human nature. Right? We all know that in reality, um, no matter what people say, they'll try to tell you that, hey, kids are born naturally good. We're all just basically good people when we're born. But if you've spent any time around children, you know that that is not true. They are born little sinners. From the moment they're born, they're little sinners. And we know it. And it shows itself in a number of ways. Right? One of the first ways it starts to show itself is through selfishness. Right? Something you never have to do. You never have to sit down with a two-year-old and say, today, I'm going to teach you how to be selfish. 
we're going to have selfish lessons. So when I try to take this toy from you, I want you to stomp your feet and flail your arms and throw a fit. And at the top of your lungs, I want you to scream, mine! Right? You never have to teach kids to do that. They just do it naturally. We are, by nature, selfish people. In fact, this, this, uh, something happened a number of years ago that kind of changed society, and it really plays into this idea that we are selfish, consumer-minded people. Now, if I were to start this jingle, two all-beef patties. Yeah, you guys all remember it, the Big Mac. Let's hear the original. All these patties, pickles, small, lettuce, cheese, and the pickles, no. Pickles, cheese, oh. Lettuce and onion, sesame, all seed bun. I think they're describing a big... <laughs> to all these patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, all the sesame seed bun. Say that again. To all these patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, all the sesame seed bun. To all these patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, onions, pickles, onions, all the... McDonald's Big Mac, the big sandwich with the great big taste that everybody's talking about. Sesame seed bun, and we forgot the onion. Yes, it did. Yes, it did say onion. Are you sure? It, it said onion. <laughs> all right. To all these patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, all the sesame seed bun. McDonald's Big Mac, the great big sandwich with a great big taste. <laughs> lettuce. Pickles. Cheese. Hey, that's a Big Mac. You deserve a break today at McDonald's. Where your dollar gets a Everybody remembers every that jingle. Oh, Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onion on a, spe- on a sesame seed bun. And guess what? If you went to McDonald's and you ordered a Big Mac, what did you get? You got a burger with two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. If you didn't want pickles, too bad. That's how the burger came. If you didn't want lettuce, that's too bad. That's how the burger came. Maybe you wanted mustard on it. Too bad. That's not how the Big Mac comes. You get it however you want it. And then in 1973, something happened that would change society. Burger King came out with a slogan. Who remembers what Burger King's slogan was? Have it your way. Have it your way. And all of a sudden, you were in charge. You walk in and you order a burger and say, I want extra pickles. You got it. You order a burger and say, I want no mustard, extra ketchup. You got it. You are in charge. Have it your way. In fact, they said, uh, no pickles, no lettuce, special orders. Don't upset us. Right? That was part of their slogan. Have it your way. Have it your way. And so for 40 years, this, is, this mentality has baked itself into our society. And it's so bad that a comedian actually uh, wrote a bit about how bad things are. And he says, you know, companies will go to great lengths to promote their quality, value, style, service selection, convenience, savings, performance, experience, low rates, friendly service, name brands, easy terms, affordable prices, money back guarantee, free installation, free admission, free appraisal, free alterations, free delivery, free estimates, free home trial, and free parking. No cash? No problem. No kidding. No fuss. No must. No risk. No obligation. No red tape. No down payment. No entry fee. No hidden charges. No purchase necessary. No one will call you. No payments or interest till January. And don't forget to pick up a classic deluxe custom designer, luxury, prestige, high-quality, premium, one-of-a-kind pencil holder. Yours for the asking, no purchase necessary. Why? Because you are that important to us. Have it your way. Have it your way. You are the customer. Have it your way. No pickles, no lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. And tragically, this mindset has made its way into the church. 
I don't know if you've maybe heard this phrase, but every once in a while, I'll be talking with someone, asking them, you know, they're new to town and saying, hey, you know, um, you've, you've been here a year. Have you found a church home yet? And they'll say this. They'll say, well, we're church shopping. We're church shopping. And you dig in a little bit deeper and you say, so tell me about that. You've, you've been here a year. Yeah, well, we've visited 83 different churches and we just can't find a church that we like. And the very next thing that they usually say when asked is, we can't find a church that meets our needs. We can't find a church that meets my needs. And pretty soon we see that even within the church, there's this consumer mentality that the church is about us. And that brings us to our first point this morning. Our we statement for the morning is this. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. Why? Because we recognize that the church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world to the glory of God. Now, I need a couple of spiritual contributors out there to help me say this again. What are we? We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world to the glory of God. If you look there in your bulletin, last week we had you take some time to rate your faith. Where are you on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, we've got another one of those scales in there this morning. Let me explain. One is over here, and that means you're a spiritual consumer. And 10 is all the way over here, and that means you are a spiritual contributor. Now, how do you figure out where you fall? Now, first, let me say, this is not for our visitors. We realize if you're visiting with us this morning, um, you're, you're consuming, you're visiting. So there's no expectation for you to jump up and serve and start doing stuff. This is for our members and regular attenders to evaluate where they are. Maybe you're visiting from out of town, and I would encourage you, if that's you or you're here from another church, that you say, hey, I'm here with a friend, but this is my home church. Think about how you behave in your own home church, right? Because this is bigger than River Rock Bible Church. This is about God's church, right? This is about God's church. So here's what we want to think about. Maybe you came in this morning and you grabbed a free donut and a free cup of coffee, and you dropped your kids off in a classroom where you've never served. And you came in here and you sat in a chair that you didn't help set up and you're enjoying the air conditioning for, in a building that you didn't help pay for. All right, if that's you, then you're probably like a two or a three. I would say one, but one is the devil and we're going to give everyone a little bit of grace and assume that you're not the devil. All right, so you're maybe a two or a three. Maybe you come every once in a while. Maybe you help tear down. Maybe occasionally you serve in children's ministry and if the spirit moves you, then you'll put a little bit in the offering plate. If that's you, you might be a five or a six. But there are some of you here this morning that are quite honestly an eight or a nine, and you're knocking it out of the park. You're here setting up at 7 a.m. You're pulling the trailer. You're setting up chairs. And then you go home, and you change your clothes. You grab your kids, and you get up here, and you start passing out bulletins. And after you pass out bulletins, you go, and you get in a classroom, and you start teaching kids. And then you're one of the last people to leave after that trailer door shuts. And there's some of you that that's you, you're contributing every month. You've got a regular amount that you're giving to the church because you and God have prayed about it and you've talked about it and God has laid on your heart what it is he wants you to give. If that's you, then you may be an eight or a nine. You're not a 10 unless you died for the sins of the world on the cross and on the third day rose again. So you don't put 10. If you're wondering if you should put 10, just ask someone next to you, am I Jesus? And they will tell you, don't put a 10, right? You're not Jesus. So where are you spiritually? 
Where are you? Are you a consumer or are you a contributor? And I just want you to think about that. Be honest with yourself. This is not judgment. We recognize that there are seasons of life and there may be something going on. But in general, when you think about your church attendance, wherever that may be, are you a spiritual contributor or a spiritual consumer? Because God calls us to serve in his church. That's one of the first things we're going to see is that God calls us to serve in his church. Now, uh, most people don't realize that when they talk about church, they generally talk about a building. But the church is not a building. The church is the people. The church is the people. My kids, triplets, are four years old, and if you ask them, do you go to church, they'll say, no, we are the church, right? And that's something that we said from the time that we were eight families meeting in a portable building over at Hill Country Bible Church, Austin. We were just a team with a vision and a prayer that God was going to turn this thing into an actual church, as we planted the gospel here in Georgetown, we said, we don't go to church, we are the church. We are going to be the church. Now, how did this thinking come into play? When, when did it change, right? We need read the New Testament. Anytime it talks about the church, there's not a building in mind. It's only the people. Well, everything changed in about 313 AD when Constantine made Christianity a legal religion. Up to that point, it was not legal for Christians to gather publicly. It was not legal for them to own property or land. So they didn't have a building. So if you were to ask a first or second or third century Christian, hey, where is the church? They would say, well, it's those 20 people over there and those 100 people over there. Or it's that group of 3,000 over there in Jerusalem. That's the church. That's the church. It's the people. It's not a building. But somehow we've got it in our head that the church is a building. And that's just not true. We are the church. We do not go to church. We are the church. And as the church, as someone who has put their faith in Jesus Christ, God has given each of us a gift that he desires for us to use in his church. Now, I want to say this. God does not need anything from you. When we talk about serving, it's not because God or the church needs something from you. This is about something God wants for you. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, let's look at Romans chapter 12, verses 8 through 6. And here we're going to see that Paul lays out a few of the spiritual gifts that God has given the church. This isn't the complete list. You can search some other passages of Scripture to find that. But he's going to give us seven. And Paul says this, Romans 12, According to the grace given us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it to the standard of one's faith. If service, in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting or encouragement, then exhortation or encouraging. Giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. So he lists here seven different spiritual gifts with which God has blessed the church. And he says, look, everybody's is different. Everybody's is different and everybody's is at a different level. We have prophecy. We have teaching. We have giving. We have leading, mercy, serving, and encouragement, all of these people possess differently. So how do you figure out which one is yours? Well, I can tell you there's a number of spiritual assessment surveys that you can take that are sometimes helpful, but I once heard a preacher explain it this way. Think about an apple pie. And let's say I'm sitting down and I'm going to cut into my piece of apple pie and the plate flips over and it turns over into my lap. What do you do? Some of you say, well, I would go get a rag and I would clean it up for you. If that's you, then maybe you have the gift of serving, right? Others of you 
would jump up and say, you know what, I feel so bad that you lost your piece of pie. Let me buy you a new one. In fact, let me buy pie for everybody. If that's you, then you probably have the gift of serving. And you, you probably don't want to admit it because usually people that have the gift of serving don't like to be noticed. They like to do it anonymous, and that's what makes you such a great giver. Others may, may jump up and say, all right, you go get the mop, you go get the bucket, you go get the paper towels, you go get a new plate, and you go get him new piece of pie, all right? Point to someone that you know is like that, right? You know they're there because they're telling you not to point at them. Their gift is leadership or administration. They're bossy. They know it. You know it, right? They probably have the gift of leadership or administration. Other people might sit down and say, you know, uh, I was watching you eat that pie, and there's really a better way to eat that pie. Can I teach you, uh, show you what might be a better way? In fact, did you know that the Hebrew word for apple pie is chakshmaka, right? And if that's you, then you might have the gift of teaching. Someone else might say, oh, I feel so bad that you dumped your pie on your lap. Look, I'm going to dump my pie on my lap. Ah, isn't this fun? And if that's you trying to make people feel better, you might have the gift of encouragement. And you're probably not even paying attention right now because you're just having so much fun being around other people. You have the gift of encouragement. And someone else might, might say, oh, my heart breaks for you. I weep with you that you lost your apple pie. I can't even do it with a straight face because I've absolutely none of this gift. If that's you, you might have the gift of mercy, the gift of kindness, right? And then lastly, there's the people that would say, you know what, that is the dumbest thing that I've ever seen anyone do. I cannot believe that you would dump that apple pie on yourself, right? And they call it like it is. Everything is black and white. And if that's you, if all you can see is the truth, then maybe you have the gift of prophecy, right? So this is not 100% foolproof, but it's a great way to start thinking about what is my gift? What is my gift that God has given me? Because if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, God has given you a gift. And he intends for you to use that gift to serve in his church, Again, this is not something that God wants from you. This is something that God wants for you. God sees us as believers, as members of his family. And in our household, I hope the same is true in your household, everyone has a role. Everyone has a part to play. Even as little kids, everyone has a part to play. And the same is true in God's church. God wants his church full of people who are using his gifts to pour into the lives of others. This is not something God wants for you, from you. This is something God wants for you. Now, there are a number of people who serve regularly here at River Rock Bible Church, and I just want to highlight a couple of them. One of them is Christy Liner in the back. Um, Christy is back there by herself today running lights and sound. So any noise that you're hearing, that's Christy. Any lights that you're enjoying, That's Christy. She did that by herself this morning. She's the only one back there. Let me tell you something else about Christy. She lives in Hutto, and she has three kids. Her husband often has to work Sunday mornings, so she brings the three kids and is here from Hutto by 7.30 to help set up lights and sound. Some of you are struggling to get here with no kids by 10.30. She's doing it with three kids by 7.30, and she's here, and she helps set up every week. She helps tear down every week. Her kids get involved. Um, Some of you feel like, oh, maybe I'm too busy to serve. Let me tell you about Jason Dean. He's one of our elders here at River Rock Bible Church, but he's also the head football coach at Georgetown High School. Now, I know you guys think pastors only work one day a week Sundays, and football coaches probably only work one day a week, which is Friday night, but that's not the case. Coach Dean is up at the school coaching late on Friday nights, 
He gets up early on Saturday morning to meet with the team. They do a workout. They work on um, injuries and everything. He's there all day Saturday with the kids. And Sunday afternoon after church, by 2 o'clock, he's back at the field house meeting with the coaches, developing a game plan for the next week. Can we all agree that Coach Dean is pretty busy during football season? Yeah, but guess where he is at 7 a.m. on Sunday mornings? If he's not pulling the trailer and here at 7 a.m., he's walking through that door at 7 a.m. going to help unload the trailer, set up chairs, even in the middle of football season. And he's one of the last to leave every Sunday. There's two college students that aren't here this morning, Kirsten and Jordan. Jordan sings on our worship team, and she also serves back in children's ministry once a month. Kirsten's our normal drummer. Last week, they came to our house for the children's ministry meeting and did childcare for us. And I got out the checkbook to write him a check, and they said, no, 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 we're just serving. We just want to do it to serve our church. Um, Bo and Cody Hollybeck. Uh, Bill used them as an illustration a couple weeks ago. You may remember them. You may have seen them out front. Bo and Cody. Bo's one of our youth. Cody's still in elementary school, but guess where they are? Every single Sunday, they're handing out bulletins, opening the door, greeting people as they come in. And there are many, many more people who are just like that. They are using their gifts to serve in the church, even if it's a small part. Let me tell you, this morning, uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I came early to church with one of my sons, Um, Malachi, and he helped me set up with the setup team. And he was so excited. He went home, told his brothers and sister, last week I left early uh, and I didn't take any kids with me. And Amanda told me, you have to take Charlie this morning because she was bawling because she didn't get to go with you to help set up at the church last week. They get it. They understand. So this morning I brought her and she set up the nursery with me. We set up the nursery uh, with the help of other people on the team. She understands. She gets it that she's a contributing member, and it made her feel so good. One of our volunteers actually wrote this to one of our leaders this past week. They said, it's so great to feel like I'm needed. She talked about how, you know, there are some Sundays when I could find excuses for not coming, uh, but I always come because it's great to feel like I'm needed. And let me just tell you something. It's not just feeling like you're needed. You are needed. Every single member of the body is needed to be a contributor. If you are not playing your part in the church that God has for you, that means there's something that God wants done in his church for the members of his body that's not being done. So I'd encourage you to remember that we are called to serve in the church. If we are going to be spiritual contributors, number one, we're called to serve in the church. Number two, we are called to serve as his church. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this, you are the light of the world. Say that with me. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light to all the house, all who are in the house. In the same way, what does this say? Let your light shine before men. Let's say that together. Let your light shine before men. Why? So that they may see your good works and... Give glory to your Father in heaven. Now, let's make no mistake. We are not saved by our good works, but we are saved for good works. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's by faith alone, by grace alone. We cannot earn it. We do not work for it. But make no mistake, God has saved us for good works. These verses tell us very clearly that by the way we live, it will impact someone's receptiveness to the gospel. 
It will impact someone's receptiveness to the gospel. That's what he's talking about. Jesus says, look, do good deeds for the people around you, not just in the church, but for the world around you, so that when you proclaim the gospel of God to them, the good news that they can be saved through faith in Jesus Christ, that they would give glory to God and they would receive that message as their own and they would put their trust in Jesus Christ. Um, Now, I want to ask you something. Over the last seven days, as you think over the last seven days, what have you done as the church that would cause someone to say, you know what? He lives differently. She lives differently. Just think about that. Just think, what have I done in the last seven days to serve as the church, to be a light in the world? When we do that, when we serve and we love people that way, it gives them the opportunity to say, you know what, I I don't know why this person has loved me this way. I don't understand it. I don't understand what they believe, but I'm interested to find out more. And then when we do share the gospel with them, guess what? We have their ear because our life matches up with what we say is true from Scripture. And they're willing to listen to us and to the glory of God, they put their faith in Jesus Christ. So we as a church ought to be looking for ways to serve as the church in our community. Our vision at River Rock Bible Church is to go into our community and allow every man, woman, and child repeated opportunities to see, hear, and respond to the life-changing reality of Jesus Christ. So how are we going to do that? At this time, I'd like to invite up Deborah Barker. She's the principal here at Village Elementary School, and she's going to share with us some opportunities and some ways that we can as the church, serve as the church in our community. So uh, please welcome Deborah Barker. Thank you very much. She's gracious enough to let us meet in her school every week, and uh, we hopefully have been good tenants and encouraging. And so my question to you, Deborah, is how can we as the church serve our community? Well, first of all, I would like to thank you for this opportunity to be here. Um, This is a great school. This is my seventh year serving as principal at Village, and I've been in Georgetown for a long time. And one of the things about Georgetown is the involvement of the community in the schools. So as I was thinking about this, Charlie and I have spoken several times, there are many opportunities to volunteer here. And a lot of it will go with your talent because there are so many things that go on within these doors. I mean, as simple as going to the workroom and maybe making copies for teachers one time a week. We had a little lady, we all called her um, Grandma. Her name was actually Donna, and the kiddos called her Miss Donna, and she just came and, and ran all papers for the teachers, and it was amazing because those things need to be done, or she would cut something out or make patterns. We also have opportunities throughout the year with various activities. We have a Texas Day. We have a carnival. We have um, all kinds of events. We have an egg drop. The police come. Not the police. Take it back. Fire Fire department. Thank you. Come and help us do that. And so just here and you being helpful and those kinds of things, we have a career day. So if you have an awesome, wonderful career, then it's great for us to speak to the children about that. One of the greatest needs that we have are for mentors. And what the mentors do is they come up here once a week or so, and they it's usually during the kiddos' lunchtime, and the kids stand almost right there at the door and just wait for their mentor to come. They're so excited. And you work with a student 
help that student maybe with their schoolwork. You might help that student just talk about things because sometimes kiddos don't have a... That's not true. Sometimes kiddos need more positive adult role models in their lives. And it truly does take everyone to help those kids. So if you're wanting to help us at Village, I can find a way for that to happen. Excellent. And tell us a little bit, how, how would us serving maybe at one of the carnivals um, or serving as a mentor, how would that bring life change to a family or to a student? Well, a lot of times at the carnivals, we're scratching for people to help because the families want to be with their kiddos during those events. So if you're here helping, then that allows a family to be at that event with their kids. And a lot of times, those families can't come up here for the things that happen during the school day. For example, you know, parties, or we have a Thanksgiving feast, and we have cookouts, and those, peop- those families work. So they can't come up here for some of those things, but they can come to the carnival. And that might be the one and only chance that they get to be with their kids at an event at school. So that would be helpful. As mentors helping, we just need people that are here for kids. Um, We talk a lot about here at school and in Georgetown that a kid may not remember what we teach them every day, but they certainly remember how we treat them. And so our goal is, yes, we need to teach them the academics that they need, but our goal here is also to build relationships and to teach children how to be a valued part of their world. And that is done by example, and that's what mentors do. It's someone that's not a member of their family, that's not, you know, a close friend of their family. It's someone that has deliberately chosen to give their time to come up here and spend it with another person. And that's very impactful, not just for the student that they're working with, but all the other students and teachers and people here at school see that person volunteering. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. You guys give her a hand. So this next year, we have, as a church, uh, have adopted Village Elementary School as our school. And if you are interested, maybe you have time to be a mentor, there are some packets in the back where we have more information about being a mentor. I know a lot of companies will, uh, if you tell them that you're mentoring a student in an elementary school, they'll let you have a little extra time, a little extra time at lunch, or maybe even come in a little bit late to work if you can come first thing in the morning and, and sit with a child as they read, or just be there to be a friend to a kid who may be struggling to make friends in the school. You never know how you're going to change someone's life. And then, again, uh, there, there are going to be opportunities that we're going to be working with the school where we're going to come and say, hey, here's a chance for us to just be here and just run some carnival booths or to run a 5K or to help manage one of their activities that they have so that these families can be with their kids. Um, and we want to let this, the world, our community, see our light and see us doing our good deeds. Uh, A lot of times when we talk about schools, people ask, well, how come they just don't hire more teachers? Why doesn't the city just send some social workers in here? And let me just say this. Um, The government is not the solution to this problem. The solution to this problem is the church. The reason the government got involved in the first place is because the church was no longer functioning as the church. I honestly believe if the church functioned as the church, there would be no need for the welfare line. 
There would be no need for social security. There would be no need for orphanages and adoption agencies if the church would step up and live as the church. I firmly believe that. So here's an opportunity, church, for us to step up and serve as the church in our community. There's one other way uh, that I can think of. And first I want us to look at Acts chapter 4, verse 33. And it says this, The apostles were giving testimony with great power to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on them all. And then it says this, for, now that for, what is that for? That's because, that's the why. Why did they have such great power? Why was such great grace on them? Because there was not a needy person among them, because all those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and they distributed them among the church as anyone had need to meet their basic needs. And so we see these people who are serving as the church, they're giving to the church this excess above and beyond, and they're they're saying, look, I want to meet someone's physical needs. We actually have the opportunity to do that with a family right here in Georgetown. Um, There's a family here in Georgetown that has uh, been struggling with their rent payments. They've also been struggling with reliable transportation. Um, They've got a car that that needs some work in order to transport their family around town and, and to to get to and from work. And so we as a church are going to be putting on a garage sale for them. Jared, would you stand up? Devin, you guys real quick. Jared and Devin are going to be hosting a garage sale for this family. Um, So you guys wave so everybody can see you. There you go. All right. And Jared's going to be back at the connection table. And what we're asking for you as the church, we are asking that if you have stuff in your garage that's garage saleable, Um, you have things that you're willing to part with that you would donate to this garage sale that you would get with Jared and Devin and arrange a time to drop it off at their house this week because next week weekend is going to be the garage sale. Um, And all the proceeds that are raised from that garage sale are going to go to help this family get their car repairs that they need. Um, And if there's anything left over to help them with some of their other basic needs that they have. This family is not a member of River Rock Bible Church. We have an opportunity to go into our community and serve as the church. Um, Jared said the other day, he's like, I've never done a garage sale, so I don't know what we're doing. We're going to give it our best shot. Some of you have put on many garage sales, and you may be able to volunteer your time and say, you know what, I'll help you guys organize this garage sale. That's my gift. That's my gift is that I've got organization, administration, and serving. And I could do that. So make sure you find Jared back at the connections table um, after the service this morning. We want to serve as the church because we want the people around us to look at us and say, you know what, I don't fully understand their faith. I don't fully understand what they believe, but I like it. I like it and I want to know more. And that on that day, they would give glory to God and put their trust in Jesus Christ. We as a church must be a, a church where people give more than they receive, where people love more than they are loved, where people serve more than they have been served. We want to be a church where we are loving those outside of the church instead of judging them, that we would love them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to remember that we are the body of Christ and that as the body of Christ, as God's church, God has gifted each one of us with gifts to serve in his church And he has called us to serve as his church, to be the light of the world, to the glory of God. What was it that filled Jesus? To do the will of the one who sent me 
and to finish his work, to pour his life into other people. Again, this is not something that God wants from you. This is something that God wants for you. If you've never served in any way, I can tell you that if you will just give it a shot, if you'll just give it a chance, you will find you are more full than you could have ever imagined as you pour your life into someone else. When Jesus came, he didn't go to the religious people. Jesus walked right past the religious people who were concerned with consuming religion. And he went to those people who were hungry, who were needy, and he poured his life into them. Those who were hungering and thirsting for righteousness, he poured his life into them, and he completed his work. What was his work? To seek and save the lost. And on the cross, when he died, he said, it is finished. He had completed all the work that God had given him to do. Let us be a church of spiritual contributors. Let us serve in the church using our gifts, and let us serve as the church, being a light of the world to the glory of God. At this time in our message, this is where we like to give you a little bit of time to think about what God is saying to you this morning. And so, we're, in just a second, we're going to take two minutes, and I just want you to spend some time in prayer and ask, what is God saying to me this morning? What is it that God is calling me to do? And I would draw your attention that uh, there is this card in your bulletin with service opportunities for us as we go to two services. We had a great children's ministry last week, and we've had a, a great response for children's ministry, but there's still room for a few more volunteers. Um, we are also in need of people to sign up for the setup and teardown teams, as well as ushers and greeters in our AV team in the back so that Christy's not by herself every Sunday um, from here on out. So Chris, when Christy got started, she had never run lights. She had never run sound. She got trained, and she's got a great process for training new people. So don't be intimidated. If you've ever sent an email, you are qualified to serve back there. We can get you trained. So spend these two minutes. Pray and ask God, what is he saying to me? Perhaps it's for you to, to take the opportunity to serve in your church or to serve as the church, as a mentor here at Village Elementary School. Just take two.